three, two, one. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Hey Friends podcast. It's time for a key and some tea with your host, Good Journey. The quote of the day is from John Barrymore, and it goes, a man is not old until regrets take place of dreams. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Hey Friends podcast. I am your host, Good Journey, and I have some pretty awesome news. Um, I have an amazing listener friend um, called The Adventurous Bartender who created a craft cocktail for us. I'm going to post it on all of our socials, so please be following Hey Friends Pod 1. Um, and it's called Have a Kiki, and I'm into it heavy. And it's um, got gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, basil, uh, sparkling wine. I didn't have basil in the kitchen, so it has everything but the basil, but it's so delicious. I'll post the recipe up. Shout out to um, the adventurous bartender. Ashley is her name. She's the owner of the business, Black-owned business, and we stand. So um, we go have a little kiki. Cheers. Okay. So today's episode is about, it's titled The Older I Get. So you know how people say, you know, the older I get, the more that I blink, or the older I get, the more that I realize X, Y, and Z. Um, And this is just kind of like an ode to y'all as your internet big sis. I feel like this is a fun conversation to have because it's one of those things where it's like, if you haven't ever been there before in terms of age, you think you know everything. Because at 22, let me tell you something, you could tell me nothing at 22. After I had graduated college, I knew all of life's secrets. Do you understand what I'm saying? And now looking back on it now, it's just like, wow, chick, you were really dumb. Like really, really not, well, no, you were really dumb. You didn't know anything, but you thought you knew a lot. So this episode is just talking about five things that I do not care about and are inconsequential, I guess is the better way to put it. And then five things that I care more about now that I know more. So let's go ahead and jump in. Obviously, we're going to talk about celebrity in a little bit. We'll get to your story times and questions. Um, But let's go ahead and jump into the topics for today. Oh, and may I also say before we even jump in, I'm a little bit irritated today because let me tell you why. This episode I was going to do anyway. It was part of my plan. Like I had planned it out. I had written show notes and everything. And I was going to do it, but I wasn't going to do it yet. Today's episode, I was going to have a guest on, and we were going to talk about some things. I'm not going to tell you who the guest is in fear of maybe they'll change their mind and want to come back, but the guest flaked on me last minute. So, I mean, the train's on the tracks. It's going to keep going regardless, but it's real irritating when you have a plan and then the plan doesn't work out, but we move, you know, as toxic as it is, we move. Okay, so let's jump into the five things that I simply do not care about. The first is what people think of me. And there was this quote, and I don't know if I brought it up. I think it's too clever for me to have brought it up, but I heard it somewhere that says, I am now free from the shackles of what people think about me. Like, honestly, it's so crippling to just feel like you can't do something because people are going to judge you or they're going to say something about you. But can I be honest? And I feel like this is the thing that helped me change my mindset so quickly on this. People don't care. Like they don't care. Everybody has their own stuff that they're going through for them to just pinpoint and pick on you and like visualize what you're doing all the time. Like people have so much more that is going on in their life that you, although are fabulous, please understand, it's inconsequential. 
So it might be a thought, it might be a quick conversation, but people are moving on. Like you shouldn't be held back from doing something because you're worried about what people think. Or you shouldn't not wear that outfit because you're worried about people think. Or you shouldn't not work at this place because you're worried about people think. Or you shouldn't not open this business because you're worried about what people think. Because ultimately, people don't think that much about you. Not as much as you think that they do. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's a lesson that I learned. I feel like I learned that late. I was maybe like early, mid mid-20s, early 30s, until I realized that people simply just don't care. Because I don't care that much about what other people are thinking. What makes me the center of everybody's universe that they're like following and tracking everything I do? They're not. Nobody cares. The next thing I do not care that much about is your happiness and comfort. This does sound horrible. Yes. But don't make it sound that way. Essentially, what I'm saying is I'm not going to outdo myself, overdo myself, overextend myself, put myself into like a crippling anxiety just to make you comfortable. I'm gonna love you the way God loves, told us to love. I'm going to extend the help that I can extend, but I'm not going to overreach. I'm not gonna do a whole lot just to make you comfortable. It's like, you're an adult, I'm an adult. We're all running our own race, so it's not really my job to make you comfortable. You've got to learn how to self-soothe. Everybody has to learn how to self-soothe. And maybe it's too difficult to self-soothe. So get a therapist, find a doctor. Do you know what I'm saying? Find somebody that specializes in this thing that you need because it's not me. I work in HR and I have a podcast. Like I, I, don't, I don't know how to fix your problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, the next thing is making my parents proud of me. And this was... I, I wrote the note. So typically when I, when I do these episodes, I write the note, I let it sit for a second and I come back and I'll edit it in the event that like, I don't want to say the thing. And this one was on the chopping block because it sounds not great. Like you do want to make your parents proud of you. Like they birthed you. They want to see the best out of you. But I feel like there's a, a very fine line to walk in that this is the life that I have to live. So if what I'm doing is bringing me joy, is in alignment with my purpose, but it's not in alignment of the purpose that you have for me, sorry. Like I'm not going to walk your race. I'm not gonna fulfill your dream. Because just like our quote said, you're only old when regrets take place of your dreams. I don't feel like it's your children's position to fulfill the dream that you have. So. Maybe my mom wants to be a doctor. It's not fair for her to impose that want on me because that's not my journey. That's not my race. Like that's not the thing that I'm meant to do in my life. You can still do that. It's never too late. So do I want to make my parents, I don't, I want to even say make, do I want my parents to be happy? Absolutely. Do I want them to be proud? Absolutely. But again, we're going to need to self-soothe a little bit. We're going to need to run each other's race. And if it's not exactly what they thought it would look like, you have to look at the product. I, I, one day, sidebar, one day I'm going to stop hitting this microphone and we're all going to feel better about it. Today is not that day. Anyway, like I want my parents to be proud. I want them to be happy. I want them to be fulfilled in their lives, but it's just not my responsibility to do that for them. They need to self-soothe just like I need to self-soothe with my kid. I may want her to go on a rocket ship 
and circle the moon. And she's like, mm, I want to be a fashion designer. What, I'm going to stop her? That's where her passion is. That's where her dream is. At the very least, she needs to, to try that thing. So making my parents proud of me, something that I do not care about. Sorry. Um, number four, being the life of the party. You know what? And that kind of goes back to what people think of you. Because being the life of the party is fun. Everybody wants to be around you. Everybody has amazing things to say about you. They invite you to things. It's dope. Like being the life of the party is kind of a vibe. It's being the it girl. Like everybody wants to be the it girl or that guy that's like you walk into a room and everybody's like dapping you up because you're that dude. I don't care about that. As a matter of fact, if it's outside of my house, it's going to be a lot to get me outside of it because I'm not trying to be the life of the party. I'm going to have a good time in my solitude. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time in my small group. Yes, I want to meet people. I want to meet y'all, but I'm not an extrovert. I'm just not. And I tried for years to become that because I wanted to be liked so bad. And I would get home and just be exhausted and not just exhausted for the evening. Like it took a couple of days to bounce back from it because it's just like emotionally exhausting to just pretend to be somebody that you're not. And me as an extrovert, mm -mm, mm -mm. it's worse than a hangover to come down from it because I'm so tired. I feel like I just need to sit in bed, draw my curtains, watch TV, recharge my battery. <laughs> again with this mic, recharge my battery. I just need to feel like myself again and come off that high of, of being an extrovert because it's just not me. So being the life of the party, no, not for me at all. And then the last thing that I care less about is making a ton of friends. I have come to appreciate the tribe, like the idea of a tribe and of a village and of the people that you can count on for anything. I have a tribe of people. So I live in Houston. My family lives out west, um, El Paso and Arizona. Um, and I don't have any immediate family here, no brothers, no sisters. I don't have my parents here. It's just me um, and my daughter. And we have cultivated, by the grace of God, an amazing community of friends that we can lean on and they can lean on us. And we celebrate holidays together and we have outings and we just hang out at the house and our Kids grow, have grown up together and are growing up together. They've known each other since they were born. And I just feel like the small group is so much more intimate and so much more powerful than the large mass of people that you say hi to when you're outside. And you can't really cultivate a strong relationship because maybe you haven't built that trust because you can't. There's just too many people. I feel like now that I'm older, yes, it's great to know a lot of people. You can fill a room if you're going to have a party. Like that kind of stuff is fun. But it, are fillers important to you? Like are filler friends important to you just so that you can say that you've amassed friends or are relationships important to you? And the answer to that question for me is relationships are important to me. And knowing that I'm an introvert and knowing myself, I know that I cannot have a strong relationship with a ton of people. And on the last podcast, the last episode, we talked about some of my goals for this year. And one of my goals is to build deeper relationships with my village, with the people that I love, with the people that I'm, I've, I've grown to know. And it's so difficult to do that when they're rolling 20 deep, because I only have so many hours of the day. I, there, there's only so much that I, I'm going to be able to do, because once again, I don't care to make you comfortable. <laughs> so there's only so much I can do. And I can't do that with a ton of people. I just, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth. So not to say no new friends, because that's not how I feel. 
I did feel that way for a while. Maybe that's another thing that I've learned. No new friends. That's a dumb thing to do. Um, because people come in your life for a reason, a season, and very few for a lifetime. And so you have to allow people in to, to understand what their purpose is in, in their life, what your purpose is in their life, and what their purpose is in yours. So I don't ascribe to the no new friends motto. I don't. But if I call you my friend, that holds so much weight to me. And it's so heavy because I would do anything for my friends. My friends know this. Like, if I have it and you need it, it's yours, period. No questions asked. And I'm not looking to be repaid either. Like, that's just not what we do. And frankly, I can't do that with a lot of people. I just don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I ain't got the monies, not yet. Like, it's just so much I can do. And that's not one of them. So keeping the circle small is, is necessary. Having a ton of friends, we're leaving that. That's not, that's not important. That's not something that you need. That's not something that you even want. I just have to say, this cocktail, Have a Kiki, from The Adventurous Bartender is really delicious. So I'm going to wet my whistle a second. We're going to be right back. Hold on. Mm. The other thing I'm going to do is stop spilling one day. Not today, apparently. Okay, so we talked about the things that I don't care that much about. Fair. Now, because of balance, we're going to talk about the things that I do care about. The things that are coming with me for the rest of my life. The lessons that I've learned in my big age as your internet big sis that I think that you should ascribe to. I mean, and the sooner you do it, the better. I'm still very young, very lively, very vibrant. So I have a lot of time and I still have a lot of time to learn more things. But these are the five things that are six. Ooh, the six things that I've learned so far. The first, the older I get, the more I care about how my body feels. There are certain things that I will no longer do because my body is my temple and I only get one. So when you're younger, you might drink yourself to oblivion because, you know, it's fun. You want to be the life of the party. Um, I, I'm not doing that. Like, I, I'm just not. My body doesn't feel good when I do it. It doesn't bring me joy anymore. Like, I'm not going to do that. There are certain foods that I'm no longer going to eat because it doesn't feel good in my body. Um, so that's just... Being, being attentive to and paying attention to how your body feels, making sure you go on your checkups. Like I will never miss an appointment when it comes to the dentist, when it comes to my gynecologist, whatever. I'm not missing an appointment because again, your body is your temple and you have to keep it healthy because your health, you can have every, you can have amassed everything in the world. And if you don't have your health, then what are we doing? Like if I'm bedridden and I can't like enjoy my life, I can't enjoy my friends. I can't enjoy my kid. I can't enjoy the money that I've gotten. What is it for? So taking care of your body, knowing how your body feels and appreciating that, so important. The next thing, and we talked about this, keeping the circle small. Um, I won't go back into detail on that because we already have, but keeping my circle small, to me, so important. Um, trying everything, everything. There was a time in my, in my earlier life that I was just in a bubble. I was in a bubble and I was happy about being in a bubble. Like, these are the things that I like to do. These are the things that I do not like to do. These are the things that I'm too scared to do. Um, so I'm just going to keep doing the things that I like to do, and that's fine. And was it fine? Sure, yeah. But life is just so multifaceted, multicolored, multilayered, that if you hold yourself back from trying things, you're not really getting all that you can do in life. This podcast is me trying everything. Just having a thought and being like, what if? exploring the what if is so important when you get older. Um, and it's just something that I want to do. So even when I'm out dating, there might be somebody that I wouldn't typically date or give the time of day to. 
And now it's kind of just like, well, what's a date going to cost me? What's a, what's a couple of hours going to cost me? Just try it. See if you like it. If nothing else, you can make a good contact. It doesn't have to be a love connection every time, but it's fun to just try stuff. You can out, go out and try a new restaurant, try new places, jump out of a plane, go, to, go, go on a trip. I'm planning this year. I've never traveled alone ever in life, but I'm planning this year to travel alone. I just want to try it. What is it like? What do you do when you're on a resort by yourself and you don't have to wait for somebody to come downstairs for dinner? Like, what, what, is, that, what is that like? I don't know. I'm going to try it because I'm going to try everything. I might hate it. I might love it and may never travel with anyone again. Who knows? The next thing is my credit score, 401k, and my finances. We're going to park here a second because I have an addiction to shopping real bad. Like I have an addiction to shopping real bad and it's, some people collect art, some people collect Pokemon cards, I guess. I collect clothes, accessories and shoes and bags and sometimes hats. Like I collect those kinds of things because I feel like fashion is art, wearable fashion. You're walking out the house and you, that is the billboard of yourself. The way that you look is you saying to the world, this is me, this is how I present. Some days I present very elegantly, other days it's streetwear, other days I look unhoused. It just depends on how I'm feeling and I feel like I can say a lot without saying anything at all based on the way that I'm dressed. The problem that comes up with that is I had a toxic relationship with my addiction to shopping. There was never a situation where I would say no, ever. Because if there was space on my credit card in terms of balance, something was getting swiped. If there was space on my debit card in terms of balance, something was getting swiped. So I would, I would go into debt in the pursuit of a look. I would go into debt to get the bag or the shoes or whatever. And my credit card debt was disgusting. Like it was, I don't even want to say it because I'm embarrassed. Maybe one day I'll say it, but today I won't, we're not going to get into that. But now the focus is on saving. The focus is on like, my financial future, building my financial house. The focus is on saving money for my daughter's college and ensuring that she's set up in the way that she should be set up. Like, I've always been somebody that does not believe in a scarcity mindset. If the money's coming out the door, that means the money's coming back in the door, right? So I, I, have, I had no problem with zeroing, my, zeroing out my account and then waiting till Friday for it to come back up again. We're not doing that anymore because that's not financially smart and it's not going to secure your financial future. And what I've noticed is I've eliminated a lot of the stress that comes with not having enough money in your account because you've blown $1,000 on a pair of shoes. Like, I, I, I understand that now. And I'm wondering, too, if that toxicity still remains dormant, it lies dormant a little bit, and I've grown out of it, or I've just gotten all the things that I want and I don't really have much need for anything else. Scratch that. I don't have much space for anything else. I've got a large closet and it's full to capacity. Like there's no more space for me to be ridiculous. But I also think that now I'm just a little bit more thoughtful, more planful on how I spend my money and ensuring that I pay God first and me second. So we tithe and then we're going into the 401k. Ooh, not my phone. We're going into 401k, we're going into an IRA, we're doing all of those kinds of things. Like we're trying our best to secure our financial future. That's important to me. Um, and then the last thing is enjoying myself. 
I just want to have a good time. I want to learn myself, learn how I want to be loved so that when the husband does come, I can teach him how to love me because I know how to love myself. Um, I want to understand what makes me tick, all of those things, just kind of getting to know yourself, reading books, enlightening yourself, just being a better version of you, enjoying your time on this earth because because life is short, but it's also very, very long. And I want to spend the years that I have young, vibrant, gorgeous. <laughs> I want to spend those years being happy and enjoying the life that I've cultivated and created and enjoying the people in my life that I love. So those are just a few things. I know that I said there were six things that I care about, but the sixth thing I think I'm going to edit. Maybe not. We'll talk about it. So the sixth thing that I care more about now, or I've always kind of cared about it, but it's getting married and continuing a family. Like for me, that's important. That's something that I know that I want to do. Having been married before and having been in a loving relationship before and not necessarily being in a committed relationship now, it's not that like it's something that I've never had and I want to try it. It's something that I've had and something that I know that I love and I want to get back to it. So those are just some of the six things that I care about, five things I don't care about. I hope that was helpful for you. And just in your growing and learning and in your own journey, understand yourself a little bit more, yeah? Like understand the things that make you tick, understand the things that you don't like to do. And it's okay to stop doing those things. Like you're living your life for you. Like you're living your life as a reflection of yourself, who you want to be. You might not be that person now, but you do little things every day to get to the person that you want to be. And with that, let's get into some tea. Now we all know what that sound means and it's time for some celebrity. I've got three stories. Let's go ahead and jump in. The first, Lakeith Stanfield and his fiance, Kashmir Trice, are still unbothered after the baby bombshell. So Lakeith Stanfield, you may know him from as the guy from Get Out. He was the one with the hat that was like crying that single tear. And then he's also in Atlanta. He plays a Nigerian guy, kind of the stoner. Very attractive young man. Anyway, he is newly engaged, Mazel tov, to a beautiful black queen called Kashmir Trice. And they got engaged like, I don't know, Christmassy time? Like Christmassy, New Year's time of 2022, 2023. Um, and the day after he got engaged, it was a woman called, what's her name? Ty Tyler Hurd, who blasted him on social media. Sis said, look, you are a deadbeat father and the world must know about it today, the day that he drops his engagement. He's got an infant daughter with the Tyler Hurd woman, not his fiance, another woman. And the woman says that he's more invested in his current relationship than he is with the child that he had with her. He's, he's being a deadbeat dad. He's not coming around. I don't know about um, child support. It doesn't say in the story, but usually what happens is the man's not paying child support, so the woman blasts him, and rightfully so. So it's a story that's still, it's not even still unfolding. I mean, it's out, and it is what it is. But ultimately, if you've got a woman and you've gotten her pregnant, you've got a child in this world, and you're not taking care of your child, I don't want to be engaged to you. Not until you get that cleared up. Like, you've got loose ends that need to be tied up before we start our lives together. And not to say that it could happen to me, but I'm just saying, like, 
my girl Cashmere, that's her name, right? Cashmere Rice, Cashmere Trice. Don't gloss over this because you're so in love, right? Like this in love part, this relationship bubble that you're in will burst eventually and then real life will set in and you have to be able to move through the ups and downs of real life. This is real life setting in real quick. So a conversation needs to be had between the two of you. Conversation needs to be had between the three of you. First of all, you two as a unit, Lakeith and Kashmir as fiance as a unit, and this Tyler Heard girl, and y'all need to come to an agreement for the betterment of the baby. Because the baby's life, she didn't ask to be here, but she's here. And because she's here, she needs to be very well taken care of to the best of your ability. I'm going to come off my soapbox, but that's how I feel. Congratulations to Lakeith and Kashmir. I hope the best for you and your future, and I hope the best for the baby and Tyler Heard as well. Um, somebody sent me this next story and I was going to talk about it anyway, but I absolutely love when you guys DM me things that you're just like, talk about this celebrity and I will. And it has to do with Gabrielle Union in her former marriage to a footballer called Chris Howard. So Gabrielle Union was married before her current marriage to Dwayne Wade. And in that marriage before, Gabrielle Union says that marriage should not get in the way of her dating. And that's the headline. Like, that's the thing that everybody's like, girl, what? But in reality, if you read what she said, there was something that you have to extract to make it make sense. So essentially, Chris, the NFL guy that she was married to before, and Gabrielle were married for six years. And she states that they should have never gotten married. Like, this... This relationship should never have gotten past the dating stage, but you're at a certain age. You feel like I'm supposed to be getting married. That's what the world says that I'm supposed to do. And you get married to somebody that is not your person. So Gabrielle was saying that because she was a breadwinner in the relationship and because Chris was doing his dirt on the side, like Chris was not an angel, let's be very clear. And so Gabrielle was like, Chris is doing his dirt. I'm making the money in this house. I, I too will be doing dirt. Let's be very clear. I too will be outside in these streets. And outside in these streets, she was. And she also said she didn't feel badly about it. There was no remorse on her end because she felt she was entitled to it because of the money that she was making in the relationship. So that's what everybody's kind of holding on to. And now they're like, well, since the men historically make the most money in a relationship and are bankrolling things, then obviously they should be able to cheat. And I'm gonna look you dead in your face and say, absolutely not. Don't do that over here. Don't bring that noise over here because that's not what it is. What she was saying was he was out cheating. They should not have gotten married in the first place. And she was the breadwinner. Ergo, I'm going to do what he is doing as well. That is what she is saying. Do I think it is right? No. Do I think that she should have married this person? She says she should not have married this person. So we're just going to leave it at that because it's a very messy story. They're not married anymore. She's in a a loving, committed relationship with a Dwayne Wade. She's got her cute little baby, Kavya. She's living her life. She's making her movies. This was back in the early 2000s. We was wild back then, child. There was a lot going on. So shouts out to Gabrielle Union. But I feel like, and a lot of people will say this too, Gabrielle Union, I, I think she just talks too much. Like this story was from back in 2006, I think, the early 2000s. Why are we talking about this, Gabrielle Union? It's 2023. What was the reason? I don't know. Shout out to Gabrielle Union. And then the last story, and I'm feeling torn about this story, but I'm going to tell it. The last story is about the royals, the royals in England. 
So Prince Harry and Prince William got in a little tussle because Prince William called uh, Meghan Markle out of her name. He said that she was, what'd he say? That she was abrasive, rude, and difficult. That's what Prince William said about Meghan Markle. And Harry was having none of it. And um, Harry put the pause on William, or William put the pause on Harry. Somebody got put the pause on, and they were, they were tussling. But let's extract the fact that these people were born into royalty. They did nothing to earn their station. They were just born to the right person, right? They're brothers. My brothers, I have two of them, they used to fight all the time. My brothers would never call each other's wives out of their name, but I can assure you if one of them did, you get the pause put on you. I might put the pause on you because you're not going to talk about, you know, my family that way. Um, and we can have a conversation all day long about if Megan was abrasive, if Megan was rude, blah, blah, blah. What I do believe is I believe black women. And I believe that a black woman that has been planted, not planted, but has been input in an institution that was centered on radical racism and colonization was feeling a way about being in that space and feeling like people were coming at her. So she came back at them. Uh, we're not doing that. We're not going to call her rude and abrasive for responding because if you poke the bear and the bear starts to growl, that's on you. Don't poke the bear. Leave the bear alone. The bear is happy. The bear has her babies and her ginger husband, and everybody's happy. But when you start to poke the bear, that's when things go, go south real quick. So, shouts out to Harry for protecting his wife. And that's why William's hair, hairline is receding. Because you are doing bad by your family, like this is your brother. Your, your mom died because of, she lacked security from the institution and that allowed the paparazzi to come in and do whatever they, they did and now she's not with us. So the cycle is repeating itself and you don't see that? That's why your hairline's receding. That's why you look like you're 65 years old and you're like 40. You're a whole royal. Like don't they have Botox there? Like you could do something to, People go to Turkey every day to get their hairline restored. And, and you're just out here looking real raisiny. And it's because you have hate in your heart. William. So, shout out to Harry and uh, Meghan and not to William. And I'm assuming Kate. She's not in this story, but it's for some reason I don't trust Kate. Okay. Well, that was Celebrity. And now we're going to get into my favorite story time and questions. If you have a story time or a question, please send it to our email. It's info at heyfriendspod.com and submit your story time. Our first story time um, says, hey, good journey. I'm enjoying your podcast so far. Keep up the good work. Thank you, friend. <laughs> okay, so it starts with, I got my dad detained by the police when I was three years old. Hmm. Okay, the shopping mall near the house I grew up in used to have a small play area right in the center. While my mom shopped, my dad and I would wait there. We had a game. He would read a book and I would walk around the outskirts of the play area a few times before walking up to him and telling him that I'm lost and need to find my dad. 
He would give me directions, silly directions, that I had to cross the Rainbow Bridge, follow the yellow brick road through the forest, but to avoid the candy house as a witch lived inside. Oh, that sounds like fun. Things like that. So I'd circle around the play area a few times and then walk up to him again saying that I'm lost. This time though, he pretended to be a witch or monster and tried to lure me into his lair. I could already see where this is about to go left, but continue. I'd say, you're not my daddy, and run away around the play area again before coming up to him and saying, daddy, I found you. Well, one of the times that we were playing, he realized that I hadn't come around for a second time and got up to look for me. He said that he saw me on the opposite side of the mall walking towards a store. He made his way towards me and got there just in time to see that I'd stopped an older woman, late 60s-ish, and heard, her tell, and heard me tell her that I'm lost and need to find my dad. She, of course, was very concerned and took me by the hand. He said my name. Uh, he said the person's name. I'm not going to say the name. Uh, what are you doing? Come on, come back to the play area. And without skipping a beat, I apparently looked at him and said, you're not my daddy. Child. <laughs> this poor woman went into major protection mode and physically got in between my dad and I. I would have done the same thing, honestly. Um, who ended up calling the police. It wasn't until my mom came and told them that he is, in fact, my father, that they let him go. Later on, she asked him why he didn't just show them all the photos of us in his wallet. I guess that he panicked in the moment and didn't think about it. I have no memory of that day, but I've heard the story many times Then I can count. Luckily, we all look back on it thinking that's it's funny uh, rather than awful. That is kind of a funny story. Scary AF, but it, that's fun. Like you use your imagination and stuff, but you shouldn't have gone out. Anyway, good story time. Thank you for sending that in. And please do send in your story times to our email info at heyfriendspod.com. And now we're going to get to the question of the day. Okay. We're all grownups here and I don't mind a few cuss words here and there, but I'm trying to keep this clean label. So I'm going to try and take out the explicit the explicit words in this email and replace them with clean words so I don't have to put an explicit label on the podcast. Let us try this together. Okay, so why do most men want to get with me but not date me? I need advice. Okay, Sis says, I've been single and dating for a year now. I'm generally very successful on dating apps and at the bars. I've been able to find a few great dates each month and four guys that I wanted to continue seeing. Of these guys, one wanted to date, two only wanted to get with me, and the last I'm currently seeing. I think he only wants to get with me, but I'm not sure yet. Why do most men only want to get with me and not make me their girlfriend? It makes me insecure, and I'm wondering what I'm doing wrong. I don't feel like there's enough information to give you an answer that you could probably use because there's a lot more questions that come up rather than an immediate answer what i will say though is it could it it may not be you it may just be the people that not that you attract even but it's like the people that you allow to get to the second step i'm sure you're a beautiful person everybody's beautiful on the inside on the outside whatever um but you don't have to give everybody that comes to you a, a shot like not everybody is worthy of your time and if you find that all they want to do is get with you and not, you know, if you're looking for a relationship and that's not what they're offering, then you got to turn them and burn them quick. Like you, you've got to get them out. You can't let them stick around and hopefully that they turn or change their mind or, or any of that. If they've shown you what they want out of you, you either give it to them, which it doesn't sound like you want to do, which is fine, or 
on to the next and keep churning and burning them out. So to answer your question, what are you doing wrong? I don't know that you're doing anything wrong. I think it's dating is a numbers game. Some guys are going to be ready to wife you up because that's, that's where they're art. That's where they're at in their life. They want to be married. They want to continue on. They want to build a legacy, whatever. And some men are just out to have fun. And they feel like the more women that they get with, the more fun they have. There's folly in that reasoning, but I'm not here to speak on men. I'm not a man. I don't know. But you have to understand too, like you want to find a man that is looking for the real thing. In my experience, dating gaps in the bars are the worst place to find those people because those people are looking for a good time. They're looking for something new, something fun, something different. The guys that you find in those places, historically, in my opinion, and in, in my life, um, the ones that stick around are the exception, not the rule. Most of them just want a good time and they don't want to really find something real. Um, so where can you find the guys that want to find something real? Child, once you find out, let me know, because I'm going to go there too. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it depends. It could be anywhere. It could be you're going to a friend's birthday party and you meet somebody there, somebody that typically doesn't go out very much, but he came out because it's his boy's birthday, so he's here. Like, you never want to find the life of the party. You don't want that guy. You want the guy in the corner that's there. He's there so he doesn't get fined. That's the guy that you want. He's there. He's scrolling his phone. He's like... Is it almost two o'clock yet? Can I go home? That's the guy. So if you are going out, don't check for the guy that's buying the bottles and da da da. That's not the guy that you want. You want the guy that's there because his boy is having like a graduation or a birthday and he's there to celebrate his friend. That's the guy you want. You want the quiet, gentle giant whisper. That's what you want. So are you doing anything wrong? No, but maybe you're just fishing in the wrong pond. Find another pond and fish there. But, you know, hit me back if you have any updates because I would love to know if that helped or if that just made you more confused. <laughs> Hard to tell. Anyway, thank you again for submitting your story times and questions. Thank you so much for rocking with me. We are on episode number three and I'm having a blast. This is fun sitting in my living room, hanging out with y'all. Um, please do rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. It helps with the algorithm, I'm told. I don't know how, but... Your comments and all of that help tremendously. So please do that if you're enjoying. If not, keep listening. It's going to get better, I promise. Follow me on all socials. Info, uh, follow me on all socials at HeyFriendsPod1. Um, and you can follow me, your host, Good Journey, at Good Journey, two E's, no Y. And also, again, send all your questions and story times to our email, info at HeyFriendsPod.com. And until next week, goodbye. Hey friends, let's keep the conversation going. Join the party on all socials, TikTok, IG, and YouTube at HeyFriendsPod1. And you can follow my personal page at Good Journey. Two E's, no Y. See y'all in the comment section. Bye.